go. Good morning. Good morning. All right, that's a little bit better. Well, welcome to the last Sunday of 2018. You're not that excited. Someone's got to be excited. I mean, this is the last Sunday. Yes, thank you, Linda. Uh, yeah, so you know, I want to start it out with a, a quote from Pastor Lentz. If you want to put that first image on there. I love this. It says, there's a reason that the rearview mirror in your car is much smaller than your windshield. It's there so you can glance at what is behind you while you stay focused on where you are currently headed. Staring in that rearview mirror for too long can be deadly. The road that lies in the wake of your life thus far is littered with lessons, but they're not leashes. Feel free to own the road that is yet to be paved in your life. Where have you been? Where are you going? And where are you now? now these are the type of questions that, that we often find ourselves asking at this time of year. So if you would, let's open up this uh, message with some prayer. Lord, we need you. This morning as we approach your word and as we approach the end of 2018 and the beginning of a new year, 2019. Lord, we need you. Father, we ask that you would open our eyes that through the Holy Spirit, that we would be able to, to hear, that we would be able to see, that we would be able to understand your word for us this morning. Lord, we thank you that like that, that illustration that there's so much ahead of us, that there's so much that, that we can learn from in our past, that we can see the testimony of your goodness to us, how you've watched over us, how these different life events have shaped us, have directed us, and yet there's still more. There's so much more ahead of us. So, Lord, we thank you, and, and today we gather together to praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, many of you have time off of work. Students, you have uh, uh, time off from school, right? You're able to, to relax and enjoy yourself, but... And, you know, somewhere in between, uh, you know, your family and kind of holiday get-together and uh, maybe your Netflix binging or uh, video games or whatever it is that you're doing at this time, um, you maybe you spend some, some moments. Maybe it won't be until tomorrow night. You spend some moments thinking about, wow, another year has passed. Another year has passed and we have a new one coming up in just a couple of days, right? And I know for some of you, 2018 has been an amazing year, an awesome year. It has been a year of dreams coming true, answered prayers, right? You can't believe how full this year has been. And just thinking about today, it just, you know, it brings such joy to your heart. And I know there's, there's some of us that, that may be thinking, ah, whatever, what's the big deal? It's it's. Another year, right? Just like the year before. It's another time when, um, you know, it's just the number changes. You know, I remember being in school and either handwriting or, or typing up, having to write the date on everything. And this is like the beginning of the year, I'd always be, oh, man, I messed it up again. You know, scratching it out, erasing, retyping, uh, correcting the year, right? Or if, if you write checks, then... You know, you just naturally are scribbling the year down and like, oh, no, I messed that up. And yet for, for some more of us, we may be thinking, wow, thank God this year is done because it's just been one of the worst. And, and I know in some ways it's just symbolic, but it feels good to be kind of turning the page and, and starting a new year. Wherever you're at, you know, on that kind of spectrum of emotions or feelings, uh, regardless, we're all going to start a new year, right? We're all going to enter into this new time in history, 2019. 
And traditionally, you know, I haven't really been someone that focuses too much on New Year's resolutions. Uh, maybe that's, that's not a good thing. Uh, but, you know, really, it, it's just I feel like I've lived long enough to see these strong starts, to see, man, I got these goals and, and I, I resolved to do these things. And then it totally just falls off, right? You know, I've gone to the gym and, and seen full parking lot. You're like, man, I can't find a parking space. And every piece of equipment is filled in January. And then by the time March comes around, it's like there's nobody there, right? But lately, you know, lately I've been thinking, and especially this past couple of days, I've been really thinking, you know what, I, I need to spend some time uh, today, maybe tonight and, and tomorrow, and just reflecting upon, you know, this past year, thinking about, you know, where I've gone, and then thinking, you know, where do I want to be? You know, what are some things that I want to work on myself personally, in my spiritual life, in my family life, and uh, just myself as a person? You know, what are some things that, that I would like to work on this coming year? Last year, I, I, I set some goals, and to be honest, um, I think by February, I'd already forgot that I'd set some goals, and, uh, you know, I just kind of revisited those things uh, this past uh, couple days, and I was like, oh, man, that was a good one. I should have really kept up on that. Um, maybe I'll just keep doing it this year, right? And another thing that I did, uh, we were just talking about this, is we did something that was kind of kind of weird, kind of wild, kind of out there, is we did a wish list as well. And you know how uh, if, if you're a parent, you know, your kids, they, they give you a wish list for uh, what they want from Santa or what they want for Christmas. Now it's an Amazon wish list, um, and, and we can, you know, check that and update. I mean, this whole time, my, my, especially Kai, he's like, I need your phone. I'm like, why? He's like, I, I got to add something to Amazon. I got to add something <laughs> to Amazon, you know. And, and so we have these wish lists. And, you know, when I look at my kids' list, some of the things I'm like, you're not getting that. Like, that's dumb. <laughs> or, like, that's going to end up in the trash. Or, like, why would I, you know, that's a waste, you know. And other things I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. You know, that's practical. I could see you keeping that. Uh, and, and But regardless, I know, like, some of these things, like, they really want. And some things we just give them, we're like, I don't understand it, but we'll give it to you. Just because we know it's going to make them, you know, excited, at least for that moment. It'll... it'll make them happy, and, um, you know, last year, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine, and he told me about this thing, he said, man, this is kind of crazy, but I encourage you just to, to try this, and, you know, so he was telling me how he and his wife, they gave a wish list to God, and they wrote out a list to God, and, you know, I said, oh, that sounds kind of weird, man, I, you know, I don't know. But I'm a father, and like explained, I love my kids. I want to uh, see them overjoyed. And the, the thinking was just like, you know what? They had heard about this from their, some of their friends, and they said, you know, we're just going to make a wish list to Father God and just say, hey, these are some things that are on my heart. I know some of them are probably not the best things, but I really want them. You know, not like just the kind of wishes like, oh, I want to, continue being able to, you know, pay my rent or to have food on the table. But, but you know, it'd be really nice to, you know, have something dumb. Like, you know, I want a motorcycle or I want uh, to see this happen or I want, um, you know, just someone to give me money randomly, right? And you're like, how likely is that going to happen, right? But that's one of the things that, that they said, you know what? God is, is not just a good father. He's not just a good, good father, but he's a perfect father, Right? And so he said, anyways, you know, here's, here's how it went. They, they wrote this wish list in faith just saying, hey, God, these are just some things on my heart. You know, as your child, these are some things on my heart that, that I would love. And he told me, you know, a number of different things. But one of the things he said was, you know, I just wanted to put it out there just to see, you know, what would happen. And he said, you know, he asked God, you know, that'd be really cool if someone just randomly gave me a large sum of money. And he said, you know, someone just give me... Uh, you know, I, I pray for like $5,000. And, you know, so he wrote that down and said, okay. Well, during that year, somebody gave him $5,000. Mm -hmm. 
And he thought, wow, this is crazy, right? And so he was so, like, excited, like, man, this is nuts. Someone just randomly, you know, gave me $5,000. Like, hey, I think God wants me to give you $5,000. And so he shares this with his wife, and she starts freaking out. And he's like, I know, it's cool. And she's like, yes. I prayed to God. I, I put on my wish list that I would be able to give away $5,000. <laughs> but we didn't have that money. You know, so he was kind of conflicted, but he was like, oh, okay, all right, you know. But it just, like, it blew their minds, right? And I thought, wow, wow, God. So, you know, I made a list, and, and you know, he encouraged me, hey, you know what, just see what happens, you know. And, I, and, I, and at that time, I was just thinking, yeah, that'd be cool, too. I want some random money, you know. So I said the same thing. Yeah, I'd love some random money, you know, like to just come up. And, and I put eight things on my list. Some of them were, were just kind of very practical. Some of them were like, that'd be nice. You know, I said, you know, I want to lose like 20 pounds or I want to, you know, these different things, right? And, well, out of those eight things I wrote down, I, I had to look up my list on my phone last night, and five of them came true. And one of those was, was really like, I said, you know, I, I'd like a large amount of money. Just, you know, if we're going to ask, you know, it's on our wish list, right? It's like, hey, you, you got some things that are like, uh, I, you know, I want some new clothes. I want... Uh, you know, this and that, and I love this thing. And you're like, no one's going to buy me that, right? Like on your Amazon list, you have some crazy things just in case, right? Well, God answered that. And, uh, you know, I, I, um, I received an inheritance, and actually that money really saved us because without that money, we wouldn't have been able to survive this past year. So it was just a real amazing kind of realization and, and a, a big blessing that, wow, you know what? I need to stretch my faith a little more. You know, that God is a perfect father. He is uh, more than just a good, good father. He's, he's a great father. And, um, you know, he has desires for us as his children. So, you know, it's something that's kind of fun and, and uh you know, I didn't get all the things on my list, but I didn't expect to. But those things that, that I got, some of them, they really blew my mind. I thought, wow, God, that's amazing. But anyways, I, you know, I'm going to spend some time today and, and go through my goals and really think through, you know, what are the things that, that I want to work on? And, and also, you know, I'd like to make another list to, to my Father God and just say, hey, these are some things on my heart. And, um, you know, as, as a church... I really believe that 2019 is, is going to be another big year for us. Uh, you know, 2018 has, has been a lot of change. And 2019, you know, I feel will be uh, just a, a great time of us digging deeper together. Yeah, I really believe that. I, I think that 2019 will be a time of, of continuing to build a, a strong foundation in community. That as we join together and we learn how we can serve one another and how can we can serve you know, together to reach our community, our families, our friends. And, uh, you know, it's, I really believe that this is going to be a year that God is preparing us and beginning to call us into action. Um, so in order for us to, to really come into that, we need to be aware of, of a handful of things, especially aware of, you know, where are we at now? Like, where have we come from? Where are we at now? Where are we headed, right? And to do that, uh, if you would join me in looking at uh, the book of Luke 19. Uh, if you've been with us the past month, you know, we, you know that we've been in Luke, starting at Luke 1.1, and we've been looking at uh, the life of Jesus. Uh, today is technically our last in, in the Advent series, and, and Advent, we know, it, it just means coming, right? It's, it's, we're talking about the coming of Christ. We celebrate that he came, and we look forward to his coming again, right? And, and we love this so much that, that last week, uh, Pastor Toby and Pastor Jenny and I, you know, we were talking, and we uh, ended up coming to this conclusion that, that you know, we, we like to continue on in Luke. And so this year, we're going to do something that I've never really done before, uh, but we're going to just keep going through the, the book of Luke. Uh, so I'm giving you a little bit of a, a taste here of what's to come. We'll be in Luke 19 
Uh, but starting next Sunday, Pastor Toby will bring us back to where we kind of left off in, uh, in Luke uh, 2, I believe, or, or kind of 1 something. I can't remember exactly. But anyways, we're going to be going through the book of Luke together and just going little by little and really digging deep in his word and just saying, you know what, God, I don't have an agenda for your word. I'm not going to say, show me something about this in your scripture. I'm going to say, what do you have to speak? What do you want to share with us from this portion of Luke? So we're going to be doing that. But Zacchaeus, if you've been in the church uh, in my generation or maybe many generations before, you, you learned a song about Zacchaeus, this wee little man. Wee little man was he. Well, we're going to learn about him. This is only in, in Luke, actually. Um, so Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Uh, and, and let's read together. Let's read together. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He is gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Amen. Well, I'd like to point out five things from this encounter. And if you're, uh, I, I, I think we don't really have note takers here, because every time we see this, no one makes a move. But if you're a <laughs> note taker, I've got five points for you. Okay, so, so number one, first thing I want to highlight is Jesus was on the way. He was passing through. Now, Jesus, he obviously knew where he had been. He could have easily spent time with the disciples talking about, you know, hey, these were some good times we had. You know, it's like the good old days. They, they had a this place or that place. And, and man, could you believe that miracle that, that happened here? And, and, you know, all these things. But he was really, I believe he was focused on what was coming next, what was lying ahead. He knew where he was going. And they were on the way to Jerusalem. If you read those titles in your Bible, then it, it would say, they kind of uh, summarize it as, this is the triumphal entry, the triumphant entry, where Jesus is welcomed into Jerusalem as a king. And that's a great thing, right? He's going towards this, this amazing time in his life where he's going to be welcomed and celebrated. He knows where he's going. But he also saw where he was right then. We know that Jesus was someone that, he was connected to the Father. He was constantly in prayer, talking to the Father, sensing, you know, where God was leading him, what he was supposed to do, what he was supposed to say, who he was supposed to meet with, right? And, and we really see that because he knew where he was, that although he was passing through, he was on his way somewhere else, he heard God directing him. He was attentive to that. Following after Jesus means inviting him to be a part of your everyday life and being obedient to him. Not just on Sunday, not just when we're headed to do something good or church-related, but every day it means being present with him. Now, I vividly remember a time last year, um, you know, I had been praying to God, how, how, Lord, how can I live a life more like Jesus? How can I live a life that will actually bring people into an encounter with your Holy Spirit? You know, I had spent nearly a, a decade in, in ministry, uh, growing relationships at my last church. And, you know, I was uh, active in the community, uh, involved in sports and, and uh, you know, a lot of local, you know, restaurants, uh, coffee places, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, 
I felt okay because I felt, you know what, from what I'd heard, you know, people said, oh, you know, Phil, you know, oh, he's, he's a pastor. I, I would never have thought that, you know. Uh, but, but they thought, oh, man, well, he's a real nice person. You know, he's, he's, he's uh, you know, he's cool. He's chill. You can, you can talk with him. You know, you can, uh, he's very, he's very uh, friendly, you know, on the basketball court, whatever, if, if you're on my team. Um, and, um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I heard a lot of things. Oh, he's nice. You know, like, oh, that's nice. And I thought, oh, that's, that's great. But I had this realization around that time that, that really, you know, like me being liked or being cool or being easy to talk to, being a nice guy, those things are meaningless. You know, it's not changing anybody's life. It's not impacting them. It just means, you know, I was nice to talk to. And if I wasn't intentionally doing things to advance the gospel, to, to be about the kingdom of God, then what was I really doing? There's a young man that I, that I had been discipling, and he, he really he convicted me because, uh, you know, we often enjoyed spending time together, and, and when we would meet, we would catch up on what happened since the last time we met, and it really developed into a, a deep friendship. And, um, you know, I remember I was trying to schedule, hey, when can we meet, when should we meet next? And we were trying to set up a time. And he was telling me that, you know what, Phil, right now I'm in a very busy season of life. I've got a lot of school, a lot of work. And to be honest with you, you know, what, what's that time going to be like? You know, is that time going to be a time where you're really challenging me, pouring into me, and helping me to develop spiritually, or are we just going to hang out? Because if you're not going to do those things, then I don't have time to meet with you right now. You know, and this is someone I considered, you know, at this point, a friend, I said, Wow. You know, and I was like, yeah, man, of course we're going to be serious. You know, I, you know I, I, of course. But it just convicted me, like, wow. If I'm not intentionally, you know, thinking, wow, God, what, what do you have for me today? What do you have for me in this moment? You know, what am I really doing? And that day I was reminded that, that really, truly, one of the greatest kind of weapons that the enemy has against us as, as God's children is simply distraction. You know, even for pastors, I'll say especially for pastors, in doing God's work, we can become distracted with a good thing instead of the right thing, you know, which I say is, is what God is calling us to do, you know, at that moment. You know, this happens, uh, you know, I see it, it's just amazing how much we see in, in, in parenting. I, I think... You know, this happens all the time with my kids. Like, we're, we have uh, downstairs and upstairs. And, you know, I'll tell them, hey, clean up your dishes. You know, you guys leave all this junk right here. Clean it up. Go take it to the kitchen. And sometimes I'll be like, hey, clean up your dishes. And then they'll be carrying something. Like, no, I can't do it. I'll do it later. And I said, what? Go clean up your dishes. They're like, no, I'm putting my toys away. You know, and they'll stomp upstairs. And, you know, and I'm thinking, okay. That's a good thing, clean up your toys, you know, put those things away, but it's not what I asked you to do. It doesn't make sense. You're downstairs, put away the things downstairs, and then go upstairs, right? But they insist, you know what, I'm already started doing this thing, I'm going to do it. And that, you know, as a father, I'm like, man, that kind of bothers me. Like, I'm happy you're doing a good thing, but it bothers me that you didn't do the thing that I'm asking you to do. You know, like, like I started to say, last year I had been praying, like, God, help me to live a life of impact. Help me to live a life that, that you know, at its core is, is intentionally bringing people closer to you. And there was this day that I really, you know, it's just like it was yesterday. There was this day when I was, uh, you know, on my way to a night meeting, as I often had, and I was tired. And I was thinking, man, I got this meeting. I'm tired. You know, I don't know if I can make it. And I was actually driving to the church, and, and I thought, man, I need to get some coffee because I'm not going to make it. Like, I'm literally not going to make it if I don't get some coffee. And, and so there's a Starbucks I was on my way, so I pulled in. And right when I'm pulling into the parking space, I see this homeless guy, you know, out on the sidewalk in front of the Starbucks, and he's asking people something. They're like, oh, no, no, and they're walking past him. And 
I literally, you know, out loud, as I parked, I was like, oh, come on, man. And right then, you know, I felt like God just hit me and was like, you're just praying, you know, how can you live a life of impact? How can you live a life that is, is bringing people closer to me? And I just thought, oh, I'm, you know, okay, I was praying that. And so I put on a smile, even though I wasn't really feeling, I was like, all right, I'm going to be a good, happy pastor and uh, <laughs> that needs coffee very badly. And, and, you know, at this time, I had been on this kind of cold brew kick, and I was like, oh, man, cold brew, you know. I need to get some cold brew right now. And, and so I, I got out of my car with a smile, and I walked up, and I knew, all right, this guy's going to approach me. And I was just expecting it, waiting for it had like, you know, $5 bill ready in my pocket, and he, he asked me, he says, hey, hey, man, um, I was wondering, you know, I hate to do this, but can I ask you for some money? I, I need, I'm trying to get some coffee. And I was like, really? <laughs> That's a first. Me too. I'm trying to get some coffee. You want some coffee? You know, I, I'll, I'll just get it for you. What do you want? What's your order? You know, and he tells me, yeah, I want an um, iced coffee, a grande iced coffee with an extra shot. I'm like, what? Okay. I'm like, all right, extra shot, you know, and I literally, I walk in the door, I get in line, and I'm thinking, extra shot? Like, really? Like, like dude, this guy's not going to know if there's an extra shot in his iced coffee. So I was like, you're getting regular grande iced coffee, buddy. Like, that, that's it, you know, and, and so I got in line, and, and again, I was thinking, oh, I want my, you know, actually, I'd like some cold brew. It'll make it easier. I'll just tell the uh, the guy at the counter, hey, just give me two grande cold brews, and we'll be in and out, and I'll be on my way. And so I did that, and the barista's like, oh, man, I'm really sorry. We ran out of cold brew. I'm like, what? You ran out of cold <laughs> brew? He's like, hey, we got iced coffee, you know? And I was like, all right, fine, iced coffee. And he's like, you know what? I'm so sorry we're out. We usually have it. How about this? I'll give you an extra shot. And I was like, <laughs> you know? So really, I, I couldn't make this stuff up. So I was like, Oh, all right, God, I guess you're in this. You know, I was just like kind of laughing to myself. All right, all right, extra shot. You know, and, and so I, I came out with two iced coffees, with a grande iced coffees with extra shots. And, you know, I, I gave it to the man. And, and um, you know, I'm sure he expected me to just kind of give it and, and be on my way. But I almost uncomfortably kind of gave it to him and just kind of stood there drinking my iced coffee with extra shot. <laughs> And he was kind of like, okay, you know, and I, I was like, hey, man, you know, how's it going? You know, what's your name? And he was kind of taking like, well, really? You know, and I said, yeah, what's your name? You know, he said, oh, my name's Charlie. And I said, oh, my name's Phil. You know, how, how's it going, man? What's, what's going on with you? And, you know, I asked him, I said, hey, uh, you know, what's, uh, what's going on in your life, man? What's, what's your story? And he just began to, to pour out to me. You know, he's a carpenter, but he's been unable to work. He hasn't worked for seven months because he has this dizziness that he just can't, you know, he can't do anything. And he's been out of work because of that dizziness, and, and he's just been so frustrated. He's been unable to really provide for his family, and he, he you know, it, he can't believe he's out here, you know, begging for things that he needs. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of his situation. And, and, and I said, oh. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. And he continues. He begins to tell me about how he lost his father when he was a young child and, and how that really marked his life and, and impacted him. And, you know, he thinks that all these different issues in his life, that they stem from that. And, and I, you know, I began to share my story. I said, you know what? I, I lost my dad in, you know, 2004. And, you know, this is, it's impacted me as well. And, 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 you know, we began to talk. And I just told him, you know what? Honestly, I'm a Christian. I just I felt like God was telling me to stop and talk to you. And, and uh, you know, what do you think about that? And he said, wow, you know, yeah, you know, I, I, I believe in God, but, you know, I haven't been following him and this and that. And, and so I was able to, to, to pray with him, you know. And while I was praying with him, he, you know, he was just, you know, shaking. I, I knew he was, you know, shaking and crying. I, I knew the Spirit was ministering to him. And, um, you know, when we finished praying, you know, he opened his eyes, and I, I didn't see anything special. He said, man, that's crazy. And I was like, okay. And he said, oh, the clouds, they look crazy. And I was like, all right, look normal to me. But, you know, he began to tell me that, that you know, I really think my life's going to take a change. 
You know, I said, you know what, brother, I'm going to be praying for you. You know, I hope you find work. And, and I don't know what happened to him. Never saw him again. But um, all that to say that, you know what, like in that moment, as I was, you know, that was the last thing I wanted to do. And when he asked for that extra shot, I was like, man, this dude's being picky, man. Like, you know, who is this like, you know, and, and, and through all that, God just really showed me like, look, be available. You want to grow? You want to be able to make an impact on people's lives? Be available, you know? Number two is Jesus saw a man searching. You know, Zacchaeus was searching. He was curious. He wanted to see who Jesus was. He didn't say, we didn't hear like, oh man, I, I need to change my life. I need to find Jesus or I need this healing or I need that. He, he was just curious. He wanted to see Jesus. His curiosity made him available, and Jesus saw him. You know, I think there's a lot of curious people in our world. They don't even know that they're looking for God, but they're just curious. They're searching. Number three is that Jesus took that opportunity. He took the opportunity to stop, to minister to Zacchaeus, because he saw that he was searching. He saw that God has placed this person in front of him. You know, sometimes we see things. We may see Zacchaeus. We may think, that's odd. There's a little man up in a tree. Okay. <laughs> and we go on our way, right? We just say, I don't got time for this. I'm on my way to my, my meeting at church, you know. Jesus not only saw him, but he stopped. He stopped and he called out to him. He made an effort to engage with him and spend time with him. Now, I don't know about you, but when I go to someone's house, for dinner, I don't expect like I can just show up and be like, oh, that was good, see you later. You know, I expect like it's going to take some time, right? My normal like five to ten minutes eating my meal, it's going to be spread out into probably several hours just talking and, and catching up with someone, getting to know them. And so having dinner with someone, this was not like a small commitment. It was out of the way. It was saying, you know what, I'm prepared to spend some serious time with you. That I'm on the way towards Jerusalem, but I'm going to stop here. I'm going to change my plans. I'm going to rearrange my schedule. And so Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house, had dinner with him. Number four is that Jesus faced opposition. The people saw this and began to mutter. They began to grumble. They began to gossip and talk. And, and they began to say, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. He's gone to go eat with a sinner. Like, man, this guy is supposed to be a great teacher. Look at what he's doing. When Jesus stopped to seize that moment, he was faced with opposition. My experience is this is almost always the case. I think when you stop, when you feel like, wow, God is moving me to do something, a lot of times you'll get excuses. You'll get reasons. You'll get feelings of, ah, that's weird. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't stop and talk to this guy. You know, I shouldn't you know, even look at them you know, or whatever it is. Or this person at my work, ah, I don't, I don't want to deal with them. But Jesus stopped. And even though there was that opposition there, he just went through it. You know, I'm sure there are some people saying some kind of nasty things out loud, right? When I've given before, I've had people, you know, and today we're kind of talking about people that are down on their luck, that are homeless, you know, for whatever reason. But I've had people say to me, you know, why did you give that guy money? He's just going to go buy drugs. He's going to, I see him, he's looking, he's walking down to the liquor store right now. You know, like whatever it is, they're saying, oh, you just enabled him to do this. If you're curious, my personal policy is, is that if I feel that the Spirit is moving me, then I'm going to give. You know, if I don't, if they're really pressing, I might say, hey, you know, I'll be willing to buy you food or, you know, what do you really need? But, but if I feel God is moving me to, to give, then I'll give. If I feel he's moving me just to, you know, I've had times where I could have given and I just said, ah, sorry, you know, I don't have anything for you today, but what's your name? How you doing? What's going on? You know, and, and just talk to them. And then moved on. 
it's not my place to, to find out, to police them, to judge them, to say, hey, what are you going to do with this money? Right? It's my job, it's my purpose to engage with them and say, hey, I'm, I'm a son of God. How are you doing? How can, how, you know, is there something I can do for you? You know, how can I be, you know, uh, uh, an ambassador for Christ to you? Right? That's my position. Continuing on, you know, this opposition, you know, it, it often, I think, comes in the form of fear. It comes in the form of, of lies. We shy away because we're scared what people might think. They might say, oh, you're dumb, or what are you doing? That's ridiculous, you know, uh, that people won't approve of us. We quickly shed our Christianity and blend into acceptable, just nothingless, right? We're, we're, we're not going to offend anybody. We're not going to arouse anybody's like thought. We just, uh, we just go on our way unnoticed, right? We're afraid of this rejection. Or maybe we bought into this lie that, that, that we're not ready or we're not, you know, at that level yet. You know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some things that you got to be prepared for, right? Like I wouldn't give my child the, the, you know, keys to my car and say, you know, hey, figure it out. You know, when Cara turns 16, I'm not going to say, hey, cool, you're 16. You know, you've been watching us drive. No fear. Let's do it. I'm going to be scared, and, and I'm going to be worried, and, and she's going to go through that driver's training, right? So there's some things like that, but there's a lot of other things where we think, man, I'm not ready. I need to be more prepared, and I need to learn this or learn that or get to this level, and it's a lie. It's a lie. There's so many people that think, I can't. You know what? One of the things I hear as a pastor is like, oh, you know, if I went to church, nah, it wouldn't go good. You know, God probably kill me, or like, you know, oh no, I, I can't. I'm not ready for that yet. Or you know, I'm like, that's that means you're ready to come to church, right? Um, there's just so many things. Like, I, I get a lot of people that are expecting babies and and for their first child, and they're so worried about this or that. I'm like, I don't know. We figured it out, and if we did it, I'm pretty sure you can do it. You know, and, and it's like, how prepared are you really? There's some things you just go into, and God gives you that grace. God gives you what you need. And I think that's how it is with sharing the gospel. Right. And that fear stops so many of us, myself included, many times. It, it stops us from sharing, you know, who God is. And who God is to us and who God, you know, is to that person. He's a father, Right? And really, it's not that complicated. It's kind of like my encounter with Charlie, this, this carpenter. It's just saying hi, hearing him out. What's your name? This is my name. How's your day going? Right? Just having a conversation. I think another one that, that I think of is... Um, yeah, I haven't had it yet, you know, now, but at our old house, uh, I had, we had a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses and different people coming to us. And, you know, I think a lot of people, they, they think, you know what, I don't know enough about the Bible. Or I don't know enough about what they believe to really engage with them. It's a lie. You hold on to what you know, and you just have a conversation. If there's something you don't know, hey, I, you know, I don't know about that. But this is what I do know. So when we step out, we already know that many times, if not all the time, there's going to be some kind of opposition, right? But we see Jesus, he just pushed through that. You know, it doesn't even, he doesn't, Luke doesn't even tell us that Jesus, you know, gave a defense. He didn't say, oh, I, you know, like we know he said, like, you know, I came to heal the sick. You know, I didn't come for the well. I didn't, you know, he didn't even have like a smart point to say like, hey, you be quiet. You know, he just, he just went on. Number five, the final point, is that life change is exponential. You know, how many lives were impacted that day, that encounter? How many lives were inspired? How many lives were literally flipped upside down because Jesus stopped? Because Jesus chose to allow his plans to be interrupted? Because he was not concerned with the ungodly opinions of other people or afraid about what they might think. But he just did what his father was calling him to do. 
how many people are in heaven today because Jesus saw Zacchaeus in that tree, engaged with him, and showed him the love of God. And here's, here's what I mean. Because Zacchaeus, his life was definitely changed. Right? We don't know what they talked about. It must have been something good, though. Uh, because Zacchaeus, we know he, he meets God. His life is changed, and he gives half of his fortune to the poor. He gives half of what he has to the poor. And he says, everyone that I've cheated, I'm going to give back four times what I took from them. And you could be sure that Zacchaeus cheated a lot of people. That's why he was wealthy, right? That's why people hated him so much. That's why when Jesus said, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come have dinner with you. People didn't say, well, lucky Zacchaeus, he got up in the tree and now you're having dinner. Like, No, they said, what? Jesus, you're going to go eat with a sinner, right? Zacchaeus is a Jewish name. We presume that he made a ton of money off of cheating his own people, right? They would overcharge the tax and keep the difference, right? The Jewish law would have demanded one and one-fifth returned. But Zacchaeus, he goes to the Roman law. The Roman expectation is four times what is owed. His life was definitely changed. The poor people that received that money, their lives were changed. The people who were cheated, who probably hated Zacchaeus, and they received four times what had been taken from them, I bet their lives were changed too. Can you imagine the conversations that Zacchaeus had when he was giving this money to people? The opportunity that he had to, to, to witness to them and say, I met Jesus. I'm sorry I cheated you. Here's four times what I took from you. How many people are in heaven today because of Zacchaeus? Think about that. Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 3 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And Joshua 1, 5 to 9 says, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know, it's great to set goals, it's great to make some resolutions. But as you're thinking about, you know, how many pounds you want to lose or what bad habits you want to shake, what goals you want to accomplish and seize this year, you know, I encourage you to not think about what, not just think about what you want to do, but who you want to be. You know, God is calling us to be active. He's calling us to follow Jesus and engage in the world around us. He's calling us to embrace the moment, to be present, to seize the day. You know, my personal goal, one of my goals for this new year is to say yes more. That's not going to be easy. It's not something that's going to change overnight. But I want to challenge myself. And, 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 you know, I don't mean like I'm just going to say yes to everything. Like you're like, hey, Pastor Phil, you washed my car? No. Um, <laughs> but I want to say like have a spirit of yes, you know, like just more of a, this like, yes, Lord, you know, yeah, I want to help you out. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited, you know. And I feel like that's so um, against everything that I've learned or that I've grown up with because I feel like as, you know, I'm in 
growing up here that, that I've been taught to be independent. I've been taught to look out for myself. I've been hurt in my life. I've learned to guard myself, to protect myself, to, to be someone that's like, no, you can't hurt me. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but, you know, those words, you know, whatever. You say what you want, right? And it's like, you know, I, I just feel like I've been so good at looking out for myself that that has made it hard, you know, in a lot of areas to say, you know, yes to, you know, people, to, to uh, you know, people that really matter. Like, I'll give you an example. Is my, my kids, like, I don't understand the schools because they have minimum days all the time. I'm like, <laughs> when I was growing up, you had school or you didn't have school, right? And, and I feel like as a parent, you can kind of adjust for that. But when it's like, hey, another minimum day, it's like, oh, great. You know, I got to leave work early. I got these other things I want to do. But now... You know, it's just weird. It's every Wednesday, or it'll be this day, that day, and so I gotta adjust. But it's, you know, it, it's so it's that, that changing of not, oh man, we gotta adjust everything again. But it's yes, that's great. You know, I get to pick them up from school. I get to, you know, spend time with them, right? Because very soon they're not gonna want to get picked up from school, right? They're gonna be with their friends, and then they're gonna be with their spouses, and they're gonna be with it. You know, it just goes on, right? And so really just, just, you know, in this season, just really being present and, and uh, saying yes more because there's times when I'm tired and they want to play Monopoly. I'm like, you don't even know how to play Monopoly. You want to play, Mo-, you know, and, and you cheat and, you know, whatever. Like, and, and so to say, yes, sure, let's, let's do that, right? Let's do that. So you can keep me accountable. You can remind me so I don't forget about this. You can say, you know, how's that going with your yes mentality? Um, well, here's, here's your weekly challenge. No, I encourage you to read what we read, Luke 19, 1 through 10. Uh, you know, what I like to do is imagine how each person feels, how what each character, you know, went through whether you're in the crowd, whether you're Zacchaeus up in the tree or you're Jesus or his disciples, you know, imagine what it was like for each of those people. What was their kind of viewpoint? Grow is uh, take time to reflect on your year, 2018. And then look forward. Consider, you know, what are your hopes and your goals for 2019? And in that, I really, really encourage you to ask yourself, who do you want to be? Not just what do you want to do, but what kind of person do you want to be? What are some things that, that you can kind of work on? Right? Maybe you want to be more patient, more loving, more generous, you know, whatever it is. Uh, you know, let's, let's set those goals and, and move towards them. And then overflow is uh, write down your big destination. You know, whatever you envision as, you know, something farther out. I'd like to be this type of person, this type of Christian, this type of coworker, this type of father, husband, wife, sister, whatever it is. What's kind of a bigger destination that you have? And then write down what are the stops along the way. And then after that, write down your first steps. Imagine a journey, right? If I said, you know what, I'm going to make it to the back door. That's going to be my kind of bigger destination for this next season, you know? And I say, you know what? Along the way, I'm going to stop at Peter. I'm going to say hi to my friend Shin. You know, they're on the way to the back door. And then I'm thinking, okay, what's close? Well, first, I'm going to, you know, not run into this thing. I'm going to move over, and I'm going to take these first steps. So it's thinking about what is that that process in your journey, right? What is it going to be like to, to walk along that path? And if you see an obstacle in front of you, remember, you know, you've been called to that destination. And so it's not, oh, man, I can't make it. There's something in front of me. But how do I get around this? How can I make it through? Because remember, life change is exponential. And I believe that, you know, there's somebody here that needs to make a change this year, right, today. Maybe many of us. You've known religion, you've understood the, the thinking that if I be good, if I do these things, I'll be rewarded. You know? But that's not what Christianity is about. You've known religion, but maybe you haven't really known Jesus. 
You haven't known the one that, that loves you, not because you deserve it, not because you earned it, but because he is love. By his very nature, in his character, he is love. And you're his child. One of the hard things to, to really receive is that, you know, if Jesus, they say, if Jesus is not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. Because that's the definition of, of a Lord, is, is someone that you are serving, that is over all of you, right? So maybe you've never accepted Christ, or, or maybe you've been walking with the Lord for, for many years, but today you feel convicted, not by my words, but by God's word, that you feel convicted. You need to make a change, that you want to put the past behind you, and we're going to move forward together into a new year, right? I encourage you to, to pray with me. You can pray out loud. You can pray silently uh, to yourself. But I, I encourage you, if that's you, uh, join me in this prayer. Now, I'm praying it myself, too, okay? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for paying the price for my sins by dying on the cross. Lord, today I want to surrender my life to you. I want to make you the Lord of my life. I gladly accept your gift of salvation. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and teach me each day what it means to follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You know, and if you prayed that prayer for the first time, please come see me, come see Pastor Jenny. Because, you know, that's, that's I mean, that's the reason why we're here, is, is we're pastors, we're, we're called to be shepherds, we're called to help you along your way, along your journey. And if you're someone, like I mentioned, that maybe you're like me that is praying that prayer because you think, you know what? I made that commitment to you, Lord. I set, you know, that, that in my heart. I want to make you Lord. And I haven't been doing that over everything in my life. I need to change. If you prayed that prayer for that, you know, please, as well, come talk to one of the pastors or come and talk to, you know, a Christian brother or sister that can hold you accountable. Because just like my New Year's resolutions, you know, if you don't remind me like, hey, how's that going? You know, I might forget. We need that accountability. Right. All right, let's worship together. Could we all stand as we sing this last?